0: Welcome to Propinquity Press, where we bring people together with the hope that that experience changes the world. We hope you enjoy this selection by author William Spangler Dunning. Life in Between As a storyteller, I find that the real meaning of human life happens two rows back and just offstage of the main attraction. In time, all human beings learn that life is temporary. Change is inevitable and the things we once knew as immovable objects disappear from view like the evening sun passing quietly into the night. Yet, these places and things that make up the surroundings of our lives often vanish at a pace so slow we hardly notice because the human being we once were has gently disappeared as well. My neighborhood was one of the last things to disappear. Though there are still houses standing, the place I knew then has long since faded away, and it happened the very moment that I left for the rest of the world. There are now new children living in that neighborhood on East Holt Street, on the north side of Ottumwa, Iowa. Although I hate to reveal this to those children, they too are experiencing a place that is only temporary. However, for all of us who grew up in neighborhoods on this earth, it is a known fact that temporary is long enough to create the memories that help us to turn out okay. Oh, how things change. Even though I did not know it then, and really it is impossible to know much at all about something when you are in the middle of it, the time and place of that neighborhood created a space of, quote, in-betweens that protected those of us who grew up there. For most of the 20th century, the United States had been at war somewhere in the world, but for those of us born in the tail end of the sixties, there came a quiet reprieve from all fighting. We lived during a time in which the civil rights movement had brought needed attention to many social injustices. Even the tragic assassinations of both John and Robert Kennedy, as well as Martin Luther King Jr., events that threatened to tear human society apart were things that the youth of my generation would only come to know through our high school history classes. We watched black and white television turn into color before our eyes, and most nights families were gathered around their living rooms watching Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom or The Wonderful World of Disney, in which things always turned out okay by the end of the show. It was not that there were not wars somewhere in the world or atrocities being committed or people being oppressed because of the color of their skin. Sadly, these kinds of things seem to be perpetuated by human beings during every age. It was merely the fact that at that age and in that privileged bubble that was our neighborhood, we never knew about them. My brother Ray would eventually die due in part because of his service in the United States Navy during the first Gulf War. However, during those early years in the Navy, the stories he shared with us were about adventures, traveling across the different oceans and visiting countries we only knew from the large world map on our grandparents' wall. Even the evening news during that time seemed to need a in-between time when stories of wars, protests, tragedies were replaced with in-depth coverage of the blizzard of 1978, and even stories about how peace between Israel and Palestine seemed possible. Earthquakes did occur in California, and the next civil rights push was building, but for a time at least, in that neighborhood, in the middle of Iowa, there seemed to be a space and time that was in between what was and what was surely to come. I cannot deny that growing up then and in that place affected the way I see the world and other human beings. The neighborhood I knew and the world that surrounded it seemed to be experiencing a bit of a in-between-two, as if one era of history was ending and another had not yet begun. We witnessed these endings through the subtle but cumulative effect of families moving out of their homes, their houses being torn down, and then watching the lots become overgrown with weeds or places for illegal garbage dumps. In time, these lots were bought by other families, but during the neighborhood I knew, they were just vacant lots waiting for the next thing to happen. This in-between nature of these lands, with previous owners having abandoned them and new owners not to arrive for decades, provided a perfect place for my childhood Mm -hmm. friends to play. The truth is that before my childhood friends and I had a full understanding of capitalism and mortgages, we believed that those lots were ours and treated them as such. Throughout history, there are times when buildings are built and times when those buildings grow old and are torn down to make room for what is to come next. The moments of my childhood existed in the space in between those two epochs of history. These moments rarely get talked about in history books, but my memories are full of images that only take place once a century. It was the infrequent and uncommon nature of those times that formed the deep and peculiar way I learned to see the world. This shift between eras was most visible in those places that existed just outside our neighborhood, but not yet so far away to be considered part of the wider world. These places exist now only in my mind because the buildings that once housed those critical and everyday ordinary moments of who I was then have disappeared to time. I still see them as they were at the end of their lives, struggling to hold on to the paint that advertised the products they sold. George's was our local corner gas station, owned by a person my father actually knew. During that in-between time, people remained loyal to George and that little gas station with only two pumps. They refused to go to the well-lit modern convenience grocery and more station that was just two blocks up the street. The pumps were greasy and slightly rusty, but we knew George and that mattered then. It still makes me smile to remember George in his denim overalls with the oil-soaked rag dangling in his back pocket. To hear my father talk about him, he was a legend because he had done what most of our little neighborhood could only dream about. He found a way out of his family's poverty by building his very own little gas station. However, by the time I met George, everything about him and his little gas station seemed like an antique The gas pumps were old enough to help people like my father remember how things used to be, but not old enough for George to believe it was time to change. There was something superbly beautiful about that in-between time when people who once did something amazing in the past were still around to tell the story about how things had been. But in-between time lasts only a few moments of our lives. It is fragile and cannot last because what is coming always inserts itself into the space that once was. Even George eventually decided to close his little two-pump gas station and move farther out to the west side of town. I, on occasion, would visit his new station just for old times' sake, but I have to say I rarely saw him in the store anymore, or if I did, I no longer recognized him. Without old photographs or long-lasting memories and the storytellers to bring them to life, those brief moments of time when one thing becomes another would be lost to the fading experiences of the past generations. Though my family lived at 818 East Holt Street for 18 years, it was really my parents' in-between house. They lived in many other houses throughout Wapello and Monroe County as they learned how to be parents for their growing family. Then in the cold winter of 1968, just after I was born, my parents moved to the neighborhood of my childhood so my father could walk to work and help offset the growing expenses of having more children to feed. In time, they would leave that neighborhood and move back to the area where they had first started to be a family and live out their latter years of their life only miles from their first house together. My mother was only 30 when I was born and seemed to understand herself in that human in-between time, when we are no longer young, but not so old either. During these decades of life, human beings like to go for long walks with their children. My mother was a near-perfect human being in this way, and often took us on those long adventures as a form of exercise. I suspect she also had an alternative reason for those walks around town with all of us in tow. It was to show off the young family she was raising, while we were still cute and cuddly. Most of those walks with my mother would wander down along the Des Moines River, making their way back through the parking lot of the Amtrak station, and eventually to the large glass window of the Coca-Cola plant on West Main Street, with the hope that we might catch a glimpse of my father at work. Some memories are more difficult to bring to the surface, and in fact, they hide so deeply that When they do arise, they remain unsteady and fleeting. I don't know if it is because they are so fragile in our minds or if the moments they contain are so critical to the person we are becoming that in an attempt to protect them, the memories get stored in multiple locations in our brain. If the latter is true, then it makes sense why they are always more difficult to recover. It is almost as if even the act of taking a mental picture of them at the time might somehow diminish their value. Yet still, these images of that old Coca-Cola bottling plant on West Main still rise, blurry and in black and white, but still they float to the front of my mind to be remembered. It is there, in the transparent reflection of my mother in that large picture window, with Coke bottles moving up and down on the mechanical filling devices that I return in my memory. As I allow myself this glimpse into the past, I observe yet another part of our wider neighborhood that was transitioning into something else. When I was a child and walking with my mother through the streets of Otomo, Iowa, I had no concept that things would change as I grew older. I was young, and the world had not yet found a way to teach me this inevitable truth of life. Nothing stays the same forever. I only have a few memory pictures of the old Coca-Cola building, And all of those are from the vantage point of a young child standing inches from the wall, head snapped back and looking straight up the side of the large brick building. The structure was built to make a bold impression on the buying public. Even as a child, I had some understanding that every brick had been laid during a time when things were built thick and with a sense of permanence that communicated the message that this company was built to last. Memories Are affected by what we already know and the previous images that already live in the deep crevices of our minds. For me, growing up with Disney movies, those previous memories were always of castles. Even now, when I remember that building in my mind, I see the four-foot-high embossed Coca-Cola letters etched into the front wall and I imagine large spires on either side of the words. The longer I stare at the building, the large window that my mother and I gaze through slowly becomes a drawbridge into the inner parts of the Coke Castle. The building so impressed me back then that I remember always half expecting to see my father marching by the viewing window in full medieval night regalia. It was that kind of building. Well, really, it was that kind of age, and he was that kind of father. Standing in front of that huge window, an enormously imposing brick structure of the coke plant, my mother leaned over and put her hand over my eyes. In my memory, it is possible that she did this to prevent the sun from getting into my eyes, but as a storyteller, I like to think that it was to protect me from seeing the inevitable changes that were to come. When you are still small and everything stretches to the sky when you look at them, you are allowed to believe that things will never change. I firmly believe that my mother encouraged me to make detailed pictures of those walks with her, remembering with precision the way those bottles moved and the way the workers pulled levers and smiled at us through the window, and even how the shadow of the highway bridge above cooled the summer air as we stood there. When I drift back to those moments, I still smell the musty, fish-infused river air as it blends and swirls with the warming wisps of road oil emanating from below. If you have never experienced fish oil air before, you are likely unable to understand the peace it can bring to the inner parts of one's soul. Perhaps only Martians can appreciate these type of experiences. As the memory begins to fade back into my past, I feel the rumbling echoes of cars passing high above on the bridge. And then the images just drift away. Intermixed into those images are a few of my mother staring back at me in the reflection of that same window. She still had mostly deep black hair, a childlike excitement for life, and most of all, a dementia-free memory. Sometimes, though I know it is impossible for humans, I wish the movement of time did not change us. I also wish... I really was from Mars, and could simply use my time reversal ray to go back to those blurry moments when I took walks with my mother. But at last I could not. I could not stop my mother from aging and moving on with the rest of her life. I could not even slow down my own journey that was to take me down many other streets around the world. I could not prevent my father's place of work from moving out of that castle-like structure in the soothing shadows of the highway bridge and into a practical utilitarian pole building down by the levee. In time, so many people and places I knew as my neighborhood were disappearing, modernizing, or simply moving away. And one day, I would as well. The world I was growing up in, the one that extended outward from 818 East Holt Street across my hometown, was changing, and I was learning that I had to change with it. The thing about being human is that every moment is a story that takes place in that brief moment between what has already happened and the future that is drawn in to replace it. I learned early that those moments in time can be forgotten, denied, or accepted as time flows all around us. As a storyteller, I hedged a little on those choices. I chose to move with the chaotic winds of change, but realized If I could capture those moments in my memory, I could bring them back to life in the words I would write in paragraphs years later. If you happen to drive through the streets of my neighborhood now, you might see a few remnants of the things I describe in these words, but you would not see the same holy ground I played upon. There are empty spaces where there were houses and houses where there were empty lots, George's gas station, of course, is no longer there, but the tiny building from which George used to emerge every time a car would pull up for gas is still there. It is painted a different color, has the name of a totally different business, and, as far as I know, no longer smells like ancient grease and oil. Douglas Elementary School was torn down, and even the old boat marine on Turkey Island, which I will write about in a future story, fell into disrepair. Yet, Still a few things remain. Graham's ice cream store, the alley behind my house, and at least in the words I now share, the stories of that neighborhood and the fine group of people who helped make a weird little Martian boy turn out okay. I'm excited to tell you about all of them in the next few stories I share in this blog, about the next chapters of my life and how I went from being a Martian child to a human being. As you listen, I hope you will, do your best to imagine these places through the iconic images of your own childhood and let it refresh your love for the human being whom you have become.